you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. I came this morning with just a simple thought. I hope that's okay. And uh, I know to, to all of our visitors, our guests that are with us, this will mean nothing to you, but to all of our CLC family. I know that I say that I'm going to preach short every time I preach. And some ask me afterwards, what happened? Did your clock stop working? (laughs) Did your battery run out on your watch? And uh, I say that in a joking manner, of course, but I will be very mindful of your time this morning. I come with just a simple thought, and I, and I, uh, as uh, you may be seated this morning, I, I apologize, but in preparation for this service, I thought, well, how many ways can you preach the Christmas story? There's not a way that I could preach it this, this morning that would uh, be new to anyone because somebody somewhere at some time has preached it from every conceivable angle. But I just want to pull out a phrase from Scripture, and I just want to preach uh, a simple thought into your hearing. So if you have your Bibles, if you do not, it'll be on the screen behind me. I'd like to draw your attention to Matthew chapter 1. We'll begin reading at verse number 20. And the word of the Lord says, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for what is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Everybody say it's of the Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. As I've already stated, we could take so many different turns in Scripture, and we can pull out different phrases and and preach from so many different angles, but on this Sunday morning, I want to preach from you or to into your hearing from the 23rd verse that behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So I want to preach to you on this 
subject, Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas can be one of the most, if not the most, lonely and stressful seasons of the year. It is, no doubtly, one of the most expensive seasons of the year. And statistics say that Americans will spend nearly $720 billion this holiday season, all on gifts that will be relegated to a back closet or to a basement storage area within a month. And I experienced some of this stress as I walked the the halls of the malls yesterday in search of the perfect gift. Because I, like most men in this place, procrastinated and waited to the last minute. And so I hit uh, the malls, I hit every mall that I could think of. I hit every store that I could think of in search of the perfect gift for my lovely wife. I was hoping that would get a big awe, but that's okay. Okay, thank you. That is pathetic. I'm just joking. But I was stressed as I began to walk the halls and I began to go out of each and every store. I thought, well, surely this store will have the perfect thing because I know the stores that my wife likes to shop at. Only to walk in and to find almost every rack that I looked at picked over. And I watched different ones in that store grab the very thing that I wanted to grab only to find out it was the last one. And so I began to become stressed. I began to uh, pick up the phone and I called, called, at 42 years old, I called my mother. And I called my sister and I'm like, has Cheryl told you anything? Has she given you any insight into that gift that she so desperately wants? Only to find out that she had not. They got much of the same information that I got, but that's beside the point, and we'll talk about that later. But I began to be stressed as I was uh, searching for that perfect gift while, all while trying to stay in a budget that I had set for myself for this Christmas season. Because my budget alone is not $720 billion. But I looked at at the face, just humor me for a moment, but I looked at the face of almost every man walking in that mall. And I saw the same terror and fright on their face as though I was looking in a mirror at my own reflection as they began to hustle down the halls of the mall and search for that perfect gift that they waited so long to buy. And I saw men that were sitting on benches that were uh, apparently they had given up and they decided they they would just sit there and take a nap for a while while their wife uh, did their last-minute Christmas shopping. And it's it's funny, and we laugh about it, and we, we joke about it, and we talk about the procrastination, but the truth of the matter is, It is a stressful and it is a lonely time of year for for many. As we begin to start the celebration of this Christmas season, buying gifts and decorating trees and decorating homes and, and making sure that everything is put together just right and making sure that 
Johnny or Susie has the perfect gift under the tree because as parents we want to see our children's faces light up on Christmas morning when they unwrap that gift that they either wanted or they didn't expect. They never thought that they would get that gift this year. But as we begin to make final preparations, it seems to be that we make Christmas about everything beside what it's really about. And we begin to get caught up in the lights and we begin to get caught up in the decorations and we begin to get caught up in the wrapping paper uh, as we begin to wrap those gifts, as we dig them out of the closet where they've been stored. We begin to wrap and we begin to put them under trees and we, we start to prepare and we start baking cookies and we start making sure that, that the plan for Christmas morning is already laid out so that we can hit every house that we need to hit. And we make sure that we are on time at every house, every family member's house, as we gather on Christmas morning to celebrate this holiday. And scarcely is His name spoken. Very rarely do we stop and take the time and we gather our families around and we remind them the true meaning for this season. And days come and days pass, and before you know it, we've packed up the Christmas tree, we've taken down all the lights, we've, we've filled trash bags full of wrapping paper, and we take them and set them out on the curb for uh, the trash uh, guys to come and pick up. And, and the season passes, and we've never really taken the time to stop and to consider the real meaning for the Christmas season. I fear that we've made Christmas into something that it was never intended to be about. We've made it about the presents. We've made it about the lights. We've made it about just the family gatherings. And we've made it about our family traditions. And don't get me wrong and don't misunderstand me this morning because there's nothing wrong with any of that. There's nothing wrong with buying gifts. There's nothing wrong with decorating. There's nothing wrong in spending time and in, in, in time with family and having your family traditions that you do at Christmas time. But in this season, let us remember and let me remind you that Christmas is about a Savior that was born and came to this earth in order to redeem us. And let me remind us all this morning that Christmas is God's reminder to us Though we live in the loneliness and darkness of a sinful world, that we are not alone. That no matter what we face this Christmas season, and no matter the trials and the tests that we may face, or no matter what we face tomorrow, or what we faced today, or what we faced yesterday, and we, 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 uh, we feel like everything is falling apart, and we feel like that we're all alone, I want to remind you this morning that you are not alone because in this Christmas season, there is a Savior that dwells among you and He walks among you and he, he is here to let you know that you are not alone. You don't have to walk in this world alone. You don't have to walk in the darkness and the sin of this world alone. But there is a Savior that was born in a manger and there was a King that robed Himself in flesh and he came to this world to be with you and to live with you and to walk with you. 
whatever you might be going through today. In the simpleness of this Christmas message that I am preaching to you this morning. But I want to remind somebody that no matter what you go through today and in this season, that you are not alone. You may be tired and you may be worn. You may be hurting and you may not know the answer to why. But I want you to know that God is with you today. You may feel all alone. You may feel like you walk through this life all alone and nobody cares and nobody understands and nobody stops to consider. But I want you to know that God is with you this morning. We can find peace and reassurance in knowing the fact that God is with us. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise for it. Emmanuel, God with us. I want to, pull, I want to make this a very uh, simple uh, three-pointed message. The first thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about him being God. We don't ever stop to think very long of that baby. We don't stop to think of what he deserved. We don't stop and, and consider the royalty that he was and that he is today. He was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the King of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. And, and, and for royalty, royalty was reserved for a grand welcoming into uh, any king that would come into this world. There would be a grand welcoming. If, if the President of the United States, no matter your politics this morning, and I'm not here to talk about that, but if the President of the United States was to walk into this building this morning, we would stand and we would honor him, not for the man, but for the office that this this person occupies. But so so there would be there would be respect and there would be a warm welcome. So much so there should have been a welcome that 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 uh, that was the welcome of all ages when Jesus, when God came to this earth. But we read in in our Bible that he was born in a lonely manger, in a barn, in a little town in Jerusalem. There was no room for him. Nobody had made room for him. Nobody had made preparations for the welcoming of a king. Nobody made preparations for royalty coming for a visit or royalty coming to their town. And they found, Mary and Joseph found no room for them. She was with child, and the Bible says that her days were accomplished that show she should be delivered. And so she, they looked all throughout the city. And they found no room where she could, she, could, uh, she could hold up and give birth to this child. But they found a barn, and all they could find, they couldn't find no crib, but they could find a hay trough, a, a feeding trough to lay the Son of Man in. They wrapped him in swaddling clothes. They, it just would have been rags when he was a king, and he deserved the best linens. He deserved the best clothing, but they, they could, all they could do was find what they had. And so they wrapped him, and they laid him in a manger, in a feeding trough reserved for animals. He was king. He was God. We used to sing that song here at church when I was a, a, a child, and the words simply go like this, wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. Counselor, Prince of Peace, mighty God is He, saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, Oh, praise His name. I want you to think about this morning 
that baby that was born, and we talk about how cute he might have been and, and all the things that were a, attached to that, that virgin birth, that fateful night. But I want you to know that we are talking about God himself, robe in flesh. We sing about it. We read about it. We even, we even talk about it. But do we really comprehend that it was God manifest in flesh, that it was God that left his throne room in heaven to come to a sinful earth where he would be rejected, he would be beaten, he would be crucified, he would, he would face all kinds of ridicule. It should have been a warm welcome, but he left his throne room to come to a place where he would not be accepted. But I want you to understand this morning that it's more than just a baby. He was no ordinary baby, but he was God, man of flesh in the flesh. And what I want to tell you this morning, that he is still God. He is still God. He is still on the throne. Although that, that baby has grown and that baby was crucified on the cross and laid in a borrowed tomb, that he rose again three days later. And he is in heaven right now. And he is still God over your situation. He is still everything that you need. He is still your Prince of Peace. He is still your mighty God. He is still the everlasting Father. He is everything that you need. He is everything that we could ever want or need. I want you to understand this morning that when you gather into this place and you gather to, to, to celebrate this Christmas season and we speak the name of Jesus, we talk about the baby Jesus, I want you to understand that when we say that name of Jesus, I want you to understand what you're saying. You are saying He is wonderful. He is incomprehensible. He is beyond understanding. And His ways are not my ways, but He is wonderful that no matter what we face today, no matter what we go through today, He is still Still wonderful. Yes, it may seem dark and the world seems bleak and it seems like there's all kinds of, of bad that's going on around us and it seems to block out all the good that even in the badness of life and even in the dark times of life, God is still wonderful. His ways are still not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He thinks on a different level than we could ever think. We can't comprehend them. When we say the name of Jesus, we are saying, God, you are our counselor. This portrays a wise king such as Solomon, giving guidance to his people. He is wonderful in counsel and excellent in wisdom. So whatever it is that you need today, if you need peace, he'll be your peace. If you need wise counsel, he'll be your counsel. There is wisdom when you speak the name of Jesus. There is wise counsel when you speak the name of Jesus. When we say that wonderful name, we are saying, God, you are our Redeemer. And our Redeemer is one that is charged with the duty of restoring the rights of another and avenging his wrongs. So that baby that came, that would be our Redeemer, he came to avenge us. He came to give us something that we couldn't get ourselves. He came to redeem us, to pay the price for our sin. He took on the sin of man. He took on your sin 
and he took on my sin and he redeemed us so that we may have life and we may have it more abundantly. I want you to know that in this Christmas season that that baby that came to this earth, he came to redeem you. He came to set you free of that life of sin that you may be living. He came to set you free of the chains that have you bound in this place this morning. We are saying that He is our Savior. He came to seek and to save, the Bible says, that which is lost. When we say the name of Jesus, we are saying, God, you are my provider. You provide everything that I could ever want. The Bible says that he would supply all of our need according to his riches and glory. If you need him to be your provider, he'll be your provider today. We are saying, God, that you are my refuge. You are a very present help in the time of trouble. You are a place of resistance. Resort in safety in my life. When you speak the name of Jesus this Christmas season, you are saying, God, you are my healer. For my Bible says that, that he took stripes upon his back, and by his stripes we are healed. Not that we may be healed, but we are healed. So if you need healing this morning, God is your healer. We're saying, God, you are the creator. He, he put in motion the creation of this beautiful world that we live in. With three simple words, he spoke life into darkness when he said, let there be. And he looked at all creation. And when he created you and me, he, he, the Bible said that he formed man out of the dust of the ground. And he breathed into us, into our nostrils, the breath of life. He is our creator. Without him, we can do nothing. Without Him, we are nothing. Without Him, we're just a, a pile of dust on the ground that's lifeless, have no life into us until He breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. So in this Christmas season, we must remember that we are nothing without that baby. We are nothing if God had not come, if God had not created, if God had not spoken to our lives, we would be a pile of nothing. But thank God in all His wisdom and His glory, He he decided that I'm going to give them a chance. And he began to form man. And he breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. And the Bible says that man became a living soul. So in this Christmas season, let us stop and give thanks unto God. Because he is God and he is God alone. And let us realize and stop and give thanks to God that without him we are nothing and we can do nothing. that I want to bring out in that phrase in our scripture being Emmanuel God with us is simply that God is with us look at your neighbor and say he's with you Romans 12 and 15 tells us to rejoice with them that do rejoice and to weep with them that weep the amplified Bible says it like this sharing others joy and sharing others grief the operative word in this verse isn't, the, isn't just the, the two powerful emotions, but is that simple word that links those emotions together, and that word is with. A small, uh, seemingly insignificant word, 
but it is a very powerful word that we must realize in this Christmas season that God is with us, that we are not alone. It wasn't a one-time deal that a baby came and was born. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a one-time deal that he came to redeem the world and that he was crucified and he rose to heaven to leave us alone. But God said, if I go, I'll send a comforter to you. And he is with us this morning. He walks with us. He talks with us. He, he's with us with, and through every trial that we could ever go through. For every test and, and every hurt and every heartache that we go through, God is with us. Moses and the children of Israel, we all know the story that when they fled bondage of Egypt, they began to wander in the wilderness and they came, they came face to face with the sea before them and the enemy behind them. Their situation was hopeless. It was impossible. There's no way they could cross. There's no way they could retreat because either way meant certain death. They were faced with an impossible situation. All there was in that, in that wilderness for them, all, the only thing that they had was a cloud which was God's, which represented God's presence. They were to follow the cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night for the direction. It was the only thing that stood between them and their foe. But, but as they begin to, to, to make their way, as they begin to just uh, give up and they begin to murmur, we all know the story that God parted the waters. And, they, and he not only parted the waters, but he dried the ground uh, of, that, of that riverbed. And he allowed them to cross on dry land. They let, led them uh, across on an easy path. It could have been muddy. It could have been mucky. But God just stepped in on the scene. He said, not only am I going to part the waters and make a way for you, but I'm going to make your way just a little easier. What I want you to understand, that even though it was impossible, even though that we would have looked and said, hey, this is the end, there's no way that I can make it out, that God came in and God was with them. And not only did God make a way, but God seemed to smooth the road in front of them and let them cross on dry land. I want to tell somebody this morning that your situation may seem impossible. It may seem like it's, it's certain... It's the certain end for you. But I want you to know that God is with you, that God cares and God is concerned. And he doesn't only want to make a way for you, but he wants to go above and beyond. And he wants to, to make your rocky road a little smoother this morning. He wants, to, he wants to commune with you. He wants to sup with you. He wants to let you know that everything, everything is going to be all right. He wants you to know that everything is going to be okay because I'm there with you. I'm there right beside you. I'm walking in the footsteps that you walk. Although that you feel like you're walking through this life alone and you feel like you got to navigate the darkness alone, God is saying, I want you to know that I am with you. The three Hebrew boys were cast into the fiery furnace because they refused to bow down and worship the, the, the idols. And they were faced with a furnace that was heated, the Bible said, seven times hotter than normal. It was impossible. There's no way that they could have made it through. It meant certain death for them. Their captors, the Bible tells us, didn't even survive just being in proximity to the fire that was heated so hot. But they were thrown in that furnace 
And what I want you to understand is that the king looked some time later and he asked his men, he said, did we not throw three in the fire? And they said, yes, king, we did. We threw the three boys. He said, well, I don't understand it because I look into the fire and I see not three men, but I see four. And the fourth looks as like the Son of God. What I want you to know today, that even in the fire, that even in that, that, that impossible situation that would take anybody out, that would be certain death for you, that although that you may have to walk through it this morning, I wish that God would remove it from every one of us. But the fact is that sometimes we have to go through it. But I want you to know that you don't have to go through it alone because God will be in the fire with you. God will be right in the midst of the trouble with you. You can rest assured. You can go ahead and rejoice in your calamity. You can go ahead and rejoice in the middle of the fire knowing that the Son of Man is in the fire with you. You are not alone today, but God is with you. The final point that I want to make as I draw to a close today is that though he left this earth, although he ascended into heaven to prepare us a place, the Bible lets us know that he has sent us a comforter. I said he has sent us a comforter. For John 14 says it like this, I will pray the Father that he will give you another comforter, that you may be able to that he may be able to abide with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not neither knoweth him but ye know him for he dwelleth with you and he shall be in you everybody say in you he said i will not leave you comfortless because i will come unto you and what i want you to tell you this Christmas season on this Sunday morning is that God sent His Spirit. He sent the Holy Ghost to be our comforter. It is nothing. Some will say, well, what is the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is simply the Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of us. He said... I understand that there are going to be times and there are going to be days when you're not going to know what to do. And I know that you're sorrowful now, and I know that you weep now for me. And I know you feel, you're talking to the disciples, I know you feel alone, and I know... You don't know where to turn. And I know that there are going to be many uncertain days in the future, Scotty. He said, but I, I, I've got to go. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to prepare a place. He said, what I want you to understand is this, that in those days of uncertainty, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. And in those days of uncertainty, in those days of darkness, in those days when you feel lost and you feel like you, you feel like Pastor Danny, you're just wondering the 
Paul's of the mall and you feel lost because you don't know what you're doing. He said, I want you to understand that you're not alone. No, I won't be with you here in the flesh, but I want you to understand that you will never be alone. He said, I will send a comforter to you. He said, I will send my spirit to dwell on the inside of you. You see, it's one thing. It's one thing to walk and talk with Jesus. Oh, what a, what a time that would have been. What an experience that would have been. To watch him turn water into wine. And to watch him heal all manner of disease and sickness. But it's another thing to have his spirit dwell in you. I'm not talking about dwelling with you, but I'm talking about dwelling in you. This morning, God has sent this preacher to this pulpit to stand and declare and to say to you that God has sent us a comforter. God has sent us His Spirit on this Christmas season. And His desire is not just to dwell with you, but His desire is to dwell on the inside of you, to live in your life, to live in your heart. He wants to be a part of you. He doesn't just want to walk with you as, as Adam and Eve did in the coolness of the day, but He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to be closer to you than you ever thought that He could be. And on this, on this Sunday in December 2018, I want to declare to you today that God has sent His Comforter to this place this morning, and He is looking for somebody. He's looking at someone who may be hurting. He may look at, see, may be looking at somebody who is lost and you think that, that it, you'll never find direction. And he said, I am here and I want to give you my spirit. I want to dwell on the inside of your heart and I want to be with you. Stand with me today. That comforter the Holy Ghost simply means not, no longer is it just Christ with you, but it's Christ in you. I want to tell you that I would not leave this house today without knowing Him as my comforter. Because the truth of the matter is, we all need Him. We all need comfort. We all need peace. We all need joy. We all need guidance. We all need a counselor. We all need the mighty God. We need the everlasting Father. We need the Prince of Peace. All these things that the Bible described that He would be, we all need Him. I would not leave this place today, this Christmas season, without being full of the Holy Ghost without having the Spirit of God residing on the inside of my life. 
the infilling of the Holy Ghost this Christmas season would be the greatest gift that you could ever receive. And that's exactly what it is. It is a gift. There's nothing, there's nothing more to it. It's just that simple. It is a gift that God wants to give to everybody. It's not a gift reserved for royalty. It's not a gift reserved for those who uh, grew up on a certain side of town. It's not for those that have a certain last name. It's not has nothing to do with pedigree. It has nothing to do with goodness or 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 being uh, sinful or, or being pure and holy. But it's a gift that God wants to give to everyone in this building this morning. You may be here and you may not have received that gift, but I want to tell you that God wants to give it to you this morning. God wants you to, to, to receive it this morning. It's just that simple. You just All you have to do is reach out and receive what God wants to give to you today. I wonder if you would bow your head with me all over this building. I'm talking about hope this Christmas season. I'm talking about hope in a dark world. I'm talking about I'm talking about direction when you feel lost. I'm talking about peace when there's turmoil in your life. I'm, I'm talking about comfort when you're hurting. I'm talking about I, I'm talking about a God that is all things to all people. And what I want you to know today that anything that you may need in life, God will be anything that you need. He is your counselor. He is your mighty God. He is your Prince of Peace this morning. I wonder that, that if we could just take a moment with, with heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to pray over us today. I want to pray over us today, but I don't want to do so without first giving someone the opportunity to receive the gift that God has for you today. I'd be remiss if I closed this service and I didn't give us the opportunity to respond to the word that we've heard today. Yes, we celebrate. Yes, we'll have good times with family. But it's not about the presence, not about the lights. But it's about Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you just need prayer in your life or maybe you need peace, maybe you need comfort. And as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe, maybe you don't want to come to the front and maybe you, you don't want attention drawn to you and we don't want to embarrass anybody today and that's not our intention. But maybe you need prayer this Christmas season. Maybe you need prayer today and you just want to right where you're at and want... Maybe you just want to slip up a hand and say, Pastor, I, I need you to pray for me. I need, I need comfort and I need, I need peace in my life. I, 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 need, I, need that, I need that spirit. I need that gift that you talked about this morning. Come on, if that's you, I want you just to raise you. You can just raise it and put it down this morning. Just let me know. God, I need you to pray for me, Pastor. I need you to pray for thank you so much. God bless you. I know that there are those that are in this place today that you're facing the situation that 
that you never thought you may have to face, but I want you to know that God is with you. He's still with you. He's always been with you, and he will always be with you. I open these altars this morning, and I just invite the church to come. If you're a visitor and you want to come with the church body, I ask that you just come and join us in the front here for just a moment, and we're going to pray, we're going to sing, and we're going to worship, and we're going to pray here in just a moment. But I open these altars. I ask that we all come this morning. I think that we could take a few moments, every one of us, to, to reflect on the, the reason for the season and, 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 and to reflect on the fact that God he is with us. He will never leave us and he will never forsake us. But the word, the Bible says that he will be with us even to the ends of the earth. So I will walk in your peace. Your spirit lives within me. My victory, my victory. Your spirit lives within me. So This morning, say your spirit, your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your peace. Your spirit lives within me, my victory, my victory. Your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your peace. Come on, why don't you lift your hands and say, Your spirit lives within me. So I will walk in your Your spirit lives within me. Come on, one more time. Your spirit, your spirit lives within me. So Let's pray together this morning. God, we are so thankful to know the true meaning for this Christmas season. 
We're so thankful for what you did, God, for the humbleness that you enrobed yourself in, God, that you came to a world where you would be despised and rejected. But yet you came, and you came for us. You came that you might redeem us. You came that you might give us light. You, you, you came that you might save us. You came so that you could give us peace and that you could give us...